Welcome to season two of the Art of Complexity podcast. You know, we are in extraordinary times right now as the world is dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. And we don't want to make light of anything that's going on. And we actually want to champion those first responders out there, the medical professionals, those who are putting their lives on the line every day to, to really uh, treat, uh, fight, and hopefully... Uh, conquer this uh, pandemic Uh, but what we thought we'd do is really uh, maybe offer uh, leaders and business and organizations uh, some of our thoughts on how you lead through this crisis and really think about what's next and so season two of the podcast really is going to be all about that and and maybe it's just a small thing but we we do believe that that leadership does matter and decision making does matter and that's what our thoughts went to when we started talking about what could we do as a as a small business a consultancy and in helping uh, other leaders out there in the world so join me now in season two as we delve into these conversations Welcome to the Art of Complexity podcast, where we explore how people and organizations understand and tackle the most complex challenges they face on a day-to-day basis. Simply put, how they think and act beyond. If you or your organization faces a challenge that seems to just be unsolvable, then you're in the right place. Now, here's your host, Roy Adams. Welcome, welcome today to this episode of The Art of Complexity as we start diving into methods and techniques that we're going to be presenting to you um, with applied critical thinking as a, as a decision-making methodology. Um, today's episode is, is one of the techniques that we're going to share with you. It's called problem restatement, and, and it's really born out of this whole idea of making sure that we identify the right problem that we need to be tackling. So, you know, with that, um, you know, I have my two other co-hosts with me, Indy and Vince. Welcome. It's good to hear you and good to see, or not see you, but at least hear you today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Roy. So, um, Indy, I'm just going to turn it right over to you and really want to understand this whole technique uh, and idea of problem restatement. I mean, those are two simple words. And it might be seem intuitive if I say them, but really, what do we mean when we say you got to do a problem restatement? Sure. Um, so as we promised in the last podcast, we're going to jump into some of the techniques. And today we're going to talk about problem restatement. Uh, let me paraphrase a couple of quotes up front. You know, if you state a problem well, you're halfway to solving it. And, and no matter how hard you try and how much you analyze You can't look at issues that wouldn't occur to you had you not defined the problem well. You simply can't see those things that you need to see if you don't define that problem well. So so I'll start by asking a question. Have you ever found yourself at the end with a brilliant solution and only one big issue? It doesn't solve the problem. Have either one of you ever found yourself there? Oh, sure. Many times I can think of. Yeah, yeah. I think so rushing say just, to the solution is uh, probably the worst thing you can do, and I think your quotes highlighted that, Andy. It, it does, and I will say, just this past week, you know, in the pressure of wanting to deliver something, I was asked to provide an overview for something that I have experience in, 
Well, the only issue was that, that even if I wrote the most brilliant piece, which is a stretch for me, I would <laughs> never be sure to hit the target. Why? Well, the problem hadn't been defined in a way that narrowed the scope down so that I could do discovery and solutions work. So the question again is, how often or how much in the aggregate do you attack something to try to find a solution or a decision only to find that you missed the mark because you really didn't understand the problem? And my experience is that occurs frequently in very complex and complicated uh, areas. And let me give you an example from my past. And it's, it's a little bit of a humorous one. And it's uh, during the second Gulf War, we, we non-civil engineer fighter pilots and, and maintainers had the task of building a tent city as the war was soon to start. And we needed places for the troops to sleep as they were arriving every day. And now absent guidance, you know, fighter pilots will tell you that initiative is always a good substitute until it's not. And we all looked at these tents with some degree of inner 12 year old excitedness that was about the notion of trying to build some tents. We thought this might be kind of cool. And we thought the problem was how to build them. But after we finished, we realized that the significant root problem hadn't been identified. And, and that really was where to build them and on what ground. Hmm. And especially important, which way does the prevailing wind blow to decide where to put the latrine tent? <laughs> oh, <Wow. uh-oh. laughs> I see where that's and you, going. <laughs> and, and, and you guessed, and you guessed it. We, we built it up wind. Now, now that wasn't a great result. And, and that's a longer story and not appropriate for today, but <laughs> it gives you an example of what Vince was just talking about, which is rushing to solve a problem, right? For businesses, you know, do you look at your current position and do some forecasting? And if you do, how many times have you stared at your current revenue stream to try to discern what's it going to take to feed the beast? How much more growth and bookings and backlog do I have to have to keep that revenue stream viable and to build a growth path so that it'll, I have confidence, not only myself, but my team, my board, my stakeholders have confidence in my solution. Mm. If you find yourself in that place where you're not really able to do that forecasting well part of your problem may be having stated the problem well now now let's say that let me give you a a few more thoughts here let's say that your your gut or your data tells you that you don't have enough backlog for your for your future uh, business to sustain it and to feed that beast now many folks would jump right into just as we were talking rush to go hey get a hold of marketing get a hold of the growth vps and and schedule a meeting to lay out the problem and ask for solutions as soon as possible. Now, those all could be good actions. But do you really know what the real problem is or the problems are? It could be more that are at the root causing your gap. And, of course, you know, as part of critical thinking, we always encourage leaders, mind the gap. You need to understand that gap. And that's really what problem restatement is all about. And, and that's what we're going to discuss today. And. I'd like to pause for a minute and, and just say, you know, maybe Roy, you could speak to when, when is it, when's the right time to use this? Well, um, you know, in my experience and, and I think the, what all three of us would, um, would probably um, have similar experiences is that it, it really needs to be used, especially in the decision uh, cycle that we've, we've put forth. It really needs to be used almost in all phases of any, any business life cycle. Um, and even more so when you move out of 
what we call the complicated into the complex, where there aren't um, readily apparent relationships and causality between, you know, in your example above, you know, in, you know, a, a falling revenue number or a falling booking number, you know, the, the problem statement is we didn't maybe, you know, you rush to it's a sales issue or a marketing issue and you really haven't um, dug down into really defining the issues or the context uh, into where you are at that point in time. You know, I think of, you know, an image that was always taught to me was uh, th- imagine the, the Greek and Roman god Janus, where you have that vision of looking forward at the same time you're looking back. And it's, it's almost always happening. You never really, you never really um, land on a solid problem statement that you always need to reevaluate it as new data comes in. So, you know, it's really about understanding the assumptions that I, that I may have in that, in that problem, you know, and then saying, am I, is this still an assumption? Is it valid? Um, are there any, is there any data or facts that will substantiate this or invalidate it? for example. And I think, you know, we've been seeing a lot of assumptions and in, in major policy decisions, um, you know, in the last, you know, 30, 45 days as, as the government's been trying to deal with a pandemic. Um, and, you know, we have to, you have to ask the question, are they restating the problem often enough to be able to make decisions that they need to make? You know, you know, Vince, maybe you have some other thoughts, maybe the value that would be added to an organization by really, you know, having this in their toolkit and, and practicing it on and on uh, all the time. Well, sure. I had a question about what Indy and you just said, and that was, I believe one of the LinkedIn comments was, wow, now that I've heard what you're going to talk about concerning critical thinking, I want to do a critical thinking day. But when you do a project review or what we used to call an in-progress review of a significant project, wouldn't a problem restatement or a problem statement review, even that first five or 10 minutes, be a good thing based on what both of you all said? Well, yeah, absolutely. It should be. It should be something that should stay at the forefront of of any decision-making process, in my mind. Andy, what do you think? No, I, I agree with you completely. It's you, you're not solving the problem yet, and that's really what Vince said earlier. By restating the problem, you're trying to make sure you understand it correctly. It's it's really thinking about it. Yeah, I think I've made the mistake yeah. in the past of not reviewing a problem statement when I was either in charge of a planning team or a significant project. And uh, maybe another mistake that I've made in the past was maybe we admired the problem too long and we didn't get to significant steps to solve it. But um, I can understand a problem restatement is very significant. And the value add for that is it's going to help us expand our thinking and not where we not solve the problem. Um, Again, I want, uh, I believe it just enhances our ability to see greater context and factors interrelated to that problem, maybe a second and third order effect like that downwind problem with the tent, Cindy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with that in mind, then let's jump into some of the methods. And in fact, right off the bat, I'm going to use one of the techniques, which is to really flip this 180 or ask it, you know, differently instead of asking, 
hey, what would work? Maybe you look at it and ask, hey, what are some of what are some of the problems? What hasn't worked? And, and I'll start by, you know, giving some examples and we can talk about them a little bit. And then as we continue to move through, give maybe a wrap up example at the end. But, you know, these are common pitfalls. And so one of them may be that the, the, there's no focus. The definition is too vague or broad. And, and here's an example. You know, if I ask, hey, what should we do about profit erosion? Well, that is so broad and so vague. It really doesn't identify the problem. I mean, right off the bat, you understand you're going to have to dig deeper into that and keep restating that. And we'll give a few more uh, examples here in a little bit. Um, uh, Another one is that, frankly, you could go right around the other way. The definition could be too narrow. Mm -hmm. You know, let's say that an account has been rebaselined twice. How do we get account managers to focus on the stability of the account? Well, stability of the account may not be the problem. I mean, we've we've already really almost said, hey, here's a solution instead of actually digging into what is the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Roy, you were talking about assumptions earlier. Vince was, mm-hmm. you know, that there that you could have you could have a problem statement that is that is just loaded with assumptions that haven't been proven out. You know, here's another example. Um, technical resources from our company will not be available. Well, well, how do we know that? I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been approached by people who want to immediately jump to a solution loaded with assumptions that as soon as I challenge one or two assumptions, it immediately starts to crumble their solution, right? Oh, yeah. Um, um Another example would be, hey, I, I really have already thought through this. You know, I just need you to go solve this. For example, uh, how do we convince our partner to go work with XYZ software company? Well, do we really know we need to go work with them and that we need to convince the partner? What is the root cause or root problem we're trying to solve? We've already put a solution in place that might not even be applied to the problem. You know, those are a, a couple of good examples. I'd like to pitch back to to Vince, you and Roy, if you've got other examples that you wanted to bring up. Well, the one that um, I came to my mind was, um, you know, a very complicated issue that we had uh, during um, our combat operations and counterinsurgency operations in Iraq. Well, we had a situation where we had a, a, a large swath of, uh, of our area of operation controlled by one tribal leader, tribal sheikh, and he controlled everything. And we could not ascertain why we kept getting spikes in violence in against civilians, against uh, Iraqi police and institutions in that area. And he kept telling us, um, well, um, you know, it's just not, it's just not under control. I'm not going to, I'm not able to control things. And, it, it really, and, but he then every time we would talk to him about that, he would, he would kind of deflect that and want to bring up another issue. And it was this issue of two and a half years earlier, two Apache helicopters had been flying over his land and shot off um, counter radar flares and lit palm, eight palm groves on fire on his land um, and burned about 25 to 50 acres worth of date palms. Now we had no idea that he was still processing uh, government claim with the U S military at the time. 
uh, to try to get reparations, upwards of about $5 million. Um, and so the whole problem we had in this whole area was because we had assumptions about his motivations that were just not born out of reality until we started really digging in and saying, why does he always ask us about this thing that was two years ago? You know, and we'd hand it off to the legal guy, go find out what's going on. And it would work its way up the chain of command and come back down. And, you know, it's still, quote, in processing. Um, well, the reality was, is that he was using that as a way to keep control over um, the tribe and all that revenue and all that money was gone and he couldn't control it. So it wasn't until we really dug into our assumptions and started asking him questions that we realized the real problem that we had. I don't know that. Does that, you know, resonate with uh, you, Indy? So, so that's a, that's a great example. And uh, Vince, we, anything you want to add? Well, yeah, I think uh, in the present context, uh, many with this pandemic, I believe many of the assumptions are thrown out the window. Will human be or changed whether it's uh, more inclination from um, dodging co-work spaces because they don't know the cleanliness of, um, eating more at home than eating out uh, there's just so many assumptions that need re-evaluated right now um, most people would say the plans turn out the window and the assumptions go with it. Yep, I agree. And let me, we've got just a few minutes left here and I'll, I'll wrap us up with an example and I'll walk through a few problem statements, but I'd, I'd like to, to carry a little, a little bit forward what you were talking about, Vince. So, it, you know, most people's revenue streams are hurting now. Yep. And the question really is, are you looking at, the problem of your revenue in a way that is different than have you looked at it in the past? And are you questioning the problem in a way that's going to illuminate the context for you in the future? You know, those hidden, for example, just what was Vince was just saying, you may have assumptions baked into your problem statement that may true prove to be untrue as the new normal, the new next proves those out to be false. And, so, so let me let me give you just a let me give you some closing thoughts here, if you will, then on problem restatement. Look, this is about iteration. You can use multiple techniques to get yourself there. And I'm going to give you an example. So let, let's say you, you have a construction project. Let's say it's a runway construction project and and you're told, hey, hey, we've got a water issue. Now, that does sound like a problem, right? It, it could be a problem with the construction, it could be lots of problems. But is it the problem? What if I restate this and ask simply why? is the water issue a problem? Sounds like an easy thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. Well, when you do that, it starts to reveal the context or elements that factor into the consequences. Could be logistics problems. It could be schedule changes that affect and help you describe what is the real problem. It's kind of the point you were talking about earlier, Roy, with, with your uh, deployment. Now, now, what if I flip this 180 and I, and I ask from the project or overall, I might ask, hey, what decisions are impacted by the water issue? Not, not a word of the consequences. I might ask, hey, what decisions are coming up that are impacted? That could start to reveal what are the critical elements of the context as well. Mm -hmm. You know, what if, what if I simply just use some different language and I say, how do I keep my project on, on scope and in budget with the water issue I'm facing? That's going to start to reveal key project elements I need to consider. Right. What if I broaden the context and I say, hey, water, what, 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 are, what are the 
other issues that water's causing on this project and maybe surrounding projects or factors? What else factors into this? That's going to start to reveal bigger actions that, that may, in fact, be under consideration by other stakeholders and decision makers. Mm-hmm. These are simply techniques that when we, you know, when we teach or consult, consult, we use these to do a deeper dive with our clients to, to help ensure we're answering the right question with confidence and that our solution that we work with them will bring positive results. And, and I'm going to leave you with a teaser, you know, for upcoming episodes. We're going to continue to build on this example of water and a few more of our uh, applied critical thinking techniques we're going to and. and and, and I'll say water issue, it's really not what you think. It's, it's going to be something different. Uh, now, you know, borrowing from episode two, you, you know, you guys are armed now with a few more arrows in your cognitive quiver. So you too can start to look at the direction of your decisions and your team's decisions and hopefully tracking to better outcomes. Well, uh, you know, both of you, I want to thank for, for being on today as we discuss this. It's a, it's really important that, that, uh, I think we keep continue to bring in real world examples. And if you're a listener and, you know, you want to ask us some questions, we, we, we encourage you to connect with us on LinkedIn and, and put a comment in the show notes or in the post and, and let us know what questions you might have, you know, what didn't make sense that we, um, that we talked about or what could we elaborate more in, you know, a couple episodes ago, we talked about the four C's and we've already gotten a comment and asked, Hey, I'd like to hear more about that. And, and we'll end up doing something about that in the future for you. Um, but I just want to thank you for listening today and then to look for the next episode, because as, as Indy, you know, teased us, we're going to be talking about the next technique. And, and in that technique, it's really relevant to any decision making where you have um, an organization that's that's broader than just yourself. Well, actually, I guess it could be even if it does affect yourself and your family. Um, and we'll get to that in the next episode. So uh, any final comments from either of you as we wrap up? No, thank you. No, thank you, Roy. You bet. Um, and I look forward to listening to uh, you guys and talking to you guys next. And for our listeners, um, we'll see you on the next episode of The Art of Complexity. Like and share if you don't mind. We're um, on anchor.fm, Spotify, any app that uh, you have podcasts. We'd love to have you uh, to like and subscribe. And then uh, we also post um, show notes and a little summary on, on LinkedIn. And I will tease you with that we're developing an article series that will reinforce some of these techniques and and thinking that is going to be published pretty soon. So thanks, and we'll talk to you in um, the next episode.